You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, an interview series with the world's most inspiring women in business. These are honest business conversations over a glass of wine to help you shortcut your success in business. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, three times founder, huge wine enthusiast, and always willing to share all of the gory business details to help you grow your business, no matter what that looks like to you. If you want more Spark in your business, check out our membership Spark 365 for daily business growth tips at sparkfoundersprogram.com. And a huge shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. Lacey, welcome to Spark TV. Hello, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm good, but I am, you know, wearing my lunch and that's just the way we roll today. So, yep, I'm fabulous and I've made myself colourful. I so don't believe you, but I'm glad you're showing up anyway. Isn't that like metaphor for running your own business? Everything's fucked, but you just have to show up and do the thing anyway. Totally. It's just life. Look, you know what? I don't think a day is actually busy enough if I'm not either smushing my lipstick across my face or wearing half my lunch on myself. Totally. Where's I think that, that's a measure of success, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh how, much, how much Diet Coke have I spilled on myself today? I'm having a win. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. All right. Before we just like dive into chats, because I know you and I will do that. Let's tell everyone who you are and what you do. Uh, so I'm Lacey Webb. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Resource Hub. Um, and I talk about rubbish a lot. So but you I've make it a, so sexy. Well, totally. You know, we do all of the boring administrivia crap uh, supporting the traditional side of the waste industry, landfills and transfer stations. We're like an accounting firm, except we don't do bookkeeping or basses. We do boring waste reports, uh, but we're really good at it. So that's me. <laughs> I mean, look, I have to say I've never had anyone on the podcast in the waste industry. How the hell did you get into waste? <laughs> um, I, I was temping, actually. I took a four-week temp gig with what I thought was a property development firm. And I was thinking, you know, I'd like to renovate. This will be cool. And I got there and realised, sure, they did do that. But actually, the role was a management accountant for the waste business. And that was in 2006. And I just never left. I've stayed in the industry and I love the industry. And I sort of like that it is a really blokey industry, especially the the traditional Mm. sector. Mm. But I sort of like that that means that I can be my unique, crazy self while doing some stuff that's really cool. You said the words management accountant. So does that mean that you are a numbers lady by trade? I am. I am an accountant by trade. I'm a CPA. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Not anymore. Don't ask me to tax return. Couldn't do one. It's been, it's been like 10 years. Oh, so good. So that's so interesting. So accountant to temp role in a in waste industry that you didn't yep. even know it was waste industry yep. and then loved it so much. And then what was the trigger for starting your own business in this industry? I Look, I liked what I did and I liked that. I, I took that role in accounting and eventually became CFO. And mm-hmm. I liked that at that point, there were lots of people from other businesses in the industry who'd say, hey, how do you solve this? And have you got any ideas for this? And I also liked that I grew someone else's brand from you know a couple mm-hmm. of million to over a hundred million without really increasing headcount too much. 
um, oh, because nice. it was about process. So when I stepped into my next role as a principal consultant, still in the sector, um, I found myself doing the same thing. And then at that point, I thought, well, hang on, I'm still focusing on process to help solve people's problems. Why don't I just do this all the time? Uh, also, if you're making that much money for another business, why not do it for yourself? That, w- that may have also been a factor. Yes. <laughs> Admittedly, I really didn't know. I really didn't think I'd make money. Like I knew I'd pay for myself, but I thought mm. it was probably going to be me and an offsider. And I didn't think that almost three years in, I'd be at 11 humans. Yeah. Oh my God. 11. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wages. It's wages day to day. So yeah, oh. that's crazy. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> it's fun, right? Oh, totally. Um, that's really interesting. So you've gone from obviously loving the industry. You've got the skill set as the background. You're like, okay, I can go out and do this for myself. How has then starting your own business presented a whole lot of other challenges that you never thought you would have been dealing with, like payroll today? Look, I think firstly, accountants shouldn't do their own accounting. That's probably really important. <laughs> if you start a business and you are an accountant, mm. don't be your own accountant. Mm. Um, I learned that pretty early on. and. You know, I, I've had a couple of really hard lessons because of that, because I'm focused on selling or processes, yeah. forgetting to, you know, maybe submit a Baston and pay for it, those sorts of things. But we've resolved that now. Um, I think the other <laughs> the other lesson I think that I learned that that was not really, it wasn't really a, a, a not a bad lesson because every lesson is an opportunity to learn something, but it wasn't, it didn't have the negative outcome that I think most people would expect. And mm. that was that, having come from a background where I have helped other people make money mm. was actually, it really put me three to five years ahead of other people who maybe start their own businesses oh, because yep. by the end of year one, I knew what my margins should be. I knew what my revenue position was always going to be. I could do my mm. own cash flow forecast as well as normal P&L and and balance sheet forecasts Mm. there was this whole level of understanding of the commerciality of a business that I conveniently had and I really undervalued that when I started Mm. now that we're at year three um, I think it's helped us to get to where we are really quickly and will continue to help us to scale so I love that because sometimes I think that people think corporate is bad and we have to all leap into our our own businesses. But actually, if you can learn on somebody else's money, not such a bad thing. Look, there's no point in reinventing the wheel if there are some really successful other wheels out there. Take Mm. the learnings from somebody else, see what they did that didn't work. Also look at what they did that did work and find ways to either replicate it or learn from it. And look, that's exactly our business model. We've we've taken stuff that everybody does Mm. and we've pulled apart the things that work the most effectively to essentially define best practice for a whole sector of an industry that didn't really know it had a gap. Yeah. Wow. We're leading the charge. You are, you are. And you're an all-female team leading the charge as well. We are what? now. Now, oh, now. We are yes. right now. Yes. But it's possible that we will have our first bloke in. Oh, my God. A couple of weeks. I know. Has, there been, has that been intentional? Um, look, at first it was intentional because um, well, our first recruit was someone who wanted to go back into industry and was struggling to come back after that leave. She couldn't mm-hmm. find flexible work. Um, she couldn't find hours that suited daycare and things like that. Um, yep. 
And then that became a running theme of the business. And it's still a really important part of what we do. And because we are so very flexible, much to the disgust of our lovely HR lady, um, it's a real challenge for her. Um, it means that people that want to work with us and, and the people that we want to support are those who are looking for flexibility. Mm. Nine times out of 10, they are women. Um, our first male recruit is also someone who needed a lot of flexibility because he's traveling on the road and has young kids and is working around that as well. Um, mm. So he fits our model. He's just a he. Is, he's just a he. He's just a he. We won't hold yeah. that against him. Oh, no, he's, he's awesome. He'll be a great fit. Oh, that is so good. And I love that too, because I feel like, you know, before COVID, we were all about be in the office nine to five, do all the things. COVID kind of forced us to go, okay, maybe we can be flexible. Maybe we can work from home. But this is, but I know that when kind of the world went back to, back to, some Mm. people retained flexibility, others did not. And I feel like that is a testament to you can have flexibility in your business and achieve really good outcomes. We started in COVID, so we started in flexibility. And um, the reality is that I I think flexible is different for different people. Yes. Flexible for me is that I need the ability to duck out when something goes on family-wise or I need the ability to drop all of the other projects I had when a problem comes up for another client. Yeah. Um, but also I need a desk. I need a physical desk that is mine that has my stuff on it where I can have a collection of red lipsticks. Yeah. And if someone wants to use it, great, but it's my desk. That's yes. actually my flexible. Whereas mm. for other people, it's I need a cafe and a coffee and a the ability to work from nine until two and then maybe do a couple of hours after kids go to bed. You make your own flex and I I think it's just about having support for how people work the best. That's that's how you get the best out of your team. Yeah. And do you think maybe it's a focus on outcomes rather than hours? Absolutely. Outcomes, outcomes and approach. We've got mm. a couple of team members who don't naturally communicate um, you know, outwardly. They're really mm. internal. And that's that's fine because they're often behind the scenes people anyway, loving mm. their spreadsheets. But for them, being remote they need a different approach to make them the most successful person they can be to get those outcomes you know they need tech points and and you know someone to give them a call and check in they don't need to be in your face they don't need to be in a building but they still need someone to prompt communication whereas we've got other team members who you know they'll work from 9 p.m until 4 a.m from switzerland and you know everything goes off without a hitch and you'll hear from them naturally when you need to but you won't hear from them two weeks if you don't stuff just gets done so I think it is just important to have an approach that suits everybody in your business Mm. so how did you learn this how did you learn leadership (laughs) skills (laughs) I've seen you uh lead your team and I'm always very impressed you I know uh from my own experience leading people it's something I really struggle with um you know being able to step in and be confident and tell it like it is sometimes with the with the little um splash of love (laughs) but how did how did you actually learn to be a leader um look I grew up in a family of very very strong and very outspoken women mm-hmm. uh, so I had some very in-your-face role models which was great. early training <laughs> had training from an early age standing in the wings of a stage um and that probably also helped my confidence and my ability to communicate with people because I came from a very theatrical family um so that helped but I think 
Um, I learned to be a different type of leader along the way. The mm. leader I am now um, acknowledges that I am not naturally particularly touchy-feely. It's not my approach. Mm. Um, but I'm more aware of those people who will respond better when, you know, I do have, you know, really personal conversations with them and don't worry about work for half an hour. Just They just need to chat. Um, mm. I'm also conscious of the way in which I deliver feedback now, whereas five years ago um, I was maybe less conscious of that and sometimes my intensity could come across the wrong way. So, look, I think I've learned through trial and error, through watching mm. what works for me, but also through listening to the reactions of people who I am leading mm. and adjusting my course when maybe I'm not getting the reactions that I expect. Yeah. If someone closes off your leadership style is not right for that person. Yeah, and it is like an exercise in self-awareness, isn't it? Totally. You know, it is it is funny. I, I feel like sometimes we get a little bit, this is how I lead, this is how I do things, but you actually have to be a bit of a chameleon as a leader yep. to get the best out of your people. And it's only been probably the last five or six years that I've realised that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, in, and everybody has moments where you grow, but I probably wasn't the best version of a leader in my early executive leadership roles. And now mm. looking back, I'm glad of that because it gave me opportunities to have feedback. It gave me opportunities to fail dismally. Um, and it gave me the opportunities that led me to take on this role. Um, but, you know, I, I also, frankly, I am also myself. Mm. And I think that's probably the best leader you can be is being your authentic self. I say, excuse the term, I say fuck a lot. Um I don't really apologise unless I've actually done something wrong and then I will absolutely apologise because, Mm. you know, that's my being, my authentic me and acknowledging that not everything you do is right or wrong. And, I, and, you know, it's interesting when you are your authentic self, you naturally attract people into the team that uh, that like that. And, I mean, it's not going to be, like you say, sometimes you do have to adjust and shift to different people, but they're naturally going to have an affinity if you're showing up as take this is how totally. it goes take it or leave it yep yeah absolutely and it actually really helps to in recruitment processes I think mm. if you're if you're really naturally yourself or if if your team members are really just themselves um yeah. we have a, a fairly you know good crew of people who like to wear gold glittered converse don't know how that's going to go for any of my recruit but if he wants to wear gold glittered converse too I'd like to as see long it as, he's, yes. as long as he's got high vis high vis and boots on when he's on site it's fine um <laughs> it, it's I think you actually end up with a better quality of team going forward because mm-hmm. the people you meet with either will respond to you really positively or mm-hmm. they might realise that actually maybe you're not their crowd. Yeah. Maybe you're not their tribe and that's okay. Yeah, and I, I love that and that's okay because yeah, totally. there, there are so many employee opportunities, so many customer opportunities, so many life opportunities. Yep. If you don't get one, it's okay. There's there are so always more out there. Out there. That is a great attitude to have. I love that. What do you, on that, um, that amazing positive attitude, what are you- Having a positive day today. (laughs) It's the tomato and the Diet Coke on my shirt. It's just making me go, oh, fuck. It's a good omen. Yeah. Yeah, It is totally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love it. What do you think or what do you attribute your growth and success of the business to date? Have there been things that you have done consciously um, over the last few years that you really think has been why the business has grown and succeeded? We have um, 
worked very strongly on relationship with clients mm-hmm. um, to the point that, you know, we have two arms of our business. One part is subscription-based and one part is, you know, routine projects. Um, almost every project that we deliver will end up with some sort of repeat service. So those clients go, hey, we trust you. We're going to stick with you on a 12 monthly basis and it's June right now. So I'm in that process of renewing those and pretty much everybody is renewing for the next year. Um, Mm -hmm. It has slowed our progress into other regions. So we're really heavily focused in Queensland as we branch out into other states as well. And we are in all the other states, but you know, we've got 25% of the Queensland market in our sector for a teeny tiny little consultancy that's three years old. When you consider some of the big players, Mm -hmm. um, that, that building relationship and trusting our customers and trusting their feedback, I think has been really important. Mm. Um, The other, the other thing is that I have finally learned to say no. Um, Get out. Tell me about this. I know. (laughs) Tell me about this revelation. Um, Always, always in a nice way and usually to work, I mean. Mm. So in, Mm. in year one, I said yes to every job everything you got job you want to pay me money I will take your money and do that for you yeah and that wasn't really productive and it wasn't particularly profitable and then we started outsourcing some things to a bunch of consultants that weren't regular partners Mm. and it just it didn't work um it just didn't work so by early year two I started to say no and now if a job is not in our standard service offering I would rather introduce somebody to a great person that we know that already does that mm. because our specialty is stuff that most people don't do. Yeah. So if there's someone that delivers that service all the time, I'm going to introduce you to them. You're going to have an awesome experience and then you're going to come back to me for the stuff that we do anyway. That's actually really helped in the last year. I mean, we grow, you know, our revenue doubles year on year, if not more. So mm. I'm hoping that that will continue as we expand into other states. So good. I think that's such, I think everyone has to learn that lesson, you know, taking on work going, oh, I've got to pay myself. I've got to pay my team. Let's just say yes. Let's just say yes. And it always shoots you in the foot. Like it always, because you don't do a good job because it wasn't the thing that you're really good at. And then the client's unhappy and then they leave and it's not a good time. It's such an important lesson to go, what am I amazing at? What can I back myself on? And then just say yes to that. And that I love the goodwill of introducing as well. Um, and mm. like the honesty, I feel like that be, builds trust with potential clients. Oh, look, I think the best um, responses I've had from clients, aside from some amazing outcomes when they're given a delivery, of course, mm-hmm. um, and admittedly, we had a really good one recently, which made me feel a warm and fuzzy. But I think some of the, the other best outcomes have been when I've said to you, you know what, we're not the best people to do that job. Mm. I'm going to introduce you to person A over here, they're amazing at this. And we've seen their work on this site and this site and this site. Do you want an intro? Mm. Nobody's ever going to say no. Their response is always, hell yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much. I actually had that conversation today with somebody. How do I solve this problem with compactors on my landfill? I don't know. I do all the boring administrivia and regulation and waste levy stuff. But I've got a bloke. Let me introduce you to my bloke. He's amazing at that. And their response was awesome. Oh, while I'm here, can you help me with one, two, and three things, please? Sure, I can. It's it's a no-brainer for us. And it also means that those third parties, uh, they become both our partners and people we can trust, but they also bring work to us. So they're another avenue of business to continue to grow the brand. 
Sounds like just being a good human is a really great business strategy. <laughs> totally. Look, I try to be a good human. Sometimes I'm an asshole, but we all have that in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes. Can yeah. attest to that. No, I love that. That is amazing. Um, okay. So as we reflect on the last few years in business, have there been, you know, you mentioned not doing your own books, but have there been any big business lessons that you've learned that you would, if you could talk to a woman who is just about to start a business that you would say, Hey, before you get too far down the track, think of a couple of these things. Um, yeah. Uh, before you get too far down the track, really understand the the financial metrics behind the business you want to build. You don't Mm. need to understand finance, but Mm. you need to have a good understanding of this product I want to sell. How much will it sell for? How many services or products do I need to sell? How much does it cost? And what's that look like? Okay, well, it looks like this much. Well, oh, shit, that's a negative number or, oh, great, that's a positive number. And then how many years is it going to take me to get where I need to go? I um, I spend a lot of time talking to people who, well, I take for granted that I just do that stuff. And I spend a lot of time talking to people about their businesses and it is always a topic of conversation we come back to. Mm-hmm. Of, so what do your margins look like? I don't know. Um, what are your margins going to look like? i got no idea. So mm-hmm. find, find someone to talk to. Um, Reach out to, you know, other people you know who are in business um, and ask them. Um, the other thing would be to really focus on your strengths mm. and don't worry about the shit you don't do well. Um, I had, and look, it's been an ongoing conversation in my career. I'd be in a career and people would say, but you're going to be really hard to replace because you've got this really weird and unique broad skill set. Mm. You're an accountant who likes to climb on crushing plants um, or, you know, heavy machinery. Um, and I started to buy into that rhetoric that I might not be replaceable and not from a perspective of, ha, no one can replace me. I'm the best, from, yeah, yeah. No, more from a perspective mm. of, well, hell, if I want to start my own business, yeah. how am I going to? How am I going to backfill me? And, you know, you you know that I learned that lesson the hard way recently when I had a nice little stay in hospital of, oh, shit, how do I backfill me? But Mm. the reality is nobody is a unicorn. And even if they seem like they're one, focus on their strengths and go and find other people either who have those strengths to backfill. Mm. They only have to have one. If you've got four things you do great, get four people that do one of those really well. Mm. And then surround yourself with a bunch of people that do the stuff that isn't your strength. As I said, I'm not great at touchy-feely. My offside Megan is amazing at touchy-feely. She mm. just naturally checks in on people and sees how they are. And if she knows they're a bit flat, she might pick up lamingtons and drop it on their front doorstep on her way home. Or, you know, send them a gift box with some flowers in it because she knows that they've actually had a really crappy week. Mm. I want to be the person that does that, but I end up, thinking about it at 11 o'clock at night and forgetting the next morning. Megan's already done it because she's a superhero at the things I'm not. I love that too. And I feel like it's the key to actually scaling a business. It's nice to think that we are these unicorn business owners, but like, and I guess it depends on your goals. I think if you want to create a job for yourself, great. But if you want to create a scalable business, you are a thousand percent correct. You need, yes, to replace yourself Mm -hmm. and to surround yourself by people who do the things that you don't do well. Yep, absolutely. And I didn't really acknowledge that until I had to feel it by myself. Mm. And isn't it funny that sometimes we don't learn lessons until we break? Oh, absolutely. We break or the business breaks. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, I actually had a conversation with somebody during a period where I was worried that I would break, just a mm. lot was going on. And, and, you know, I'm happy to say that I pay someone to talk to them. Um, yeah, me too. It's, me too. it's, it's the best. It is the best. <laughs> Tell me about all right. Do my crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me unload. Yeah. Um, and I actually said to him, okay, I need to know that I've had a conversation with you and I've got some controls or some tools in place mm. because I don't want... I don't want a family death to also mm. be the death of my business. Yes. I don't want that to happen, yes. but I'm worried that that will happen. So I think, you know, acknowledging those, those gaps and giving yourself a support structure, whether it's your people or whether it is someone mm. you pay an hourly rate to have a chat to, yes. yeah, those things are actually really important. Yeah, I, it's interesting you say that, like looking after yourself, you've got to remember that you are, a human as well. Yeah, I'm and- really bad at that naturally. So now, now I now I feel totally judged. I don't. I'm just trying. No, to no, 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 not at all. Really bad at it. <laughs> no, but it's also like the self awareness of knowing you shit at it. Oh yeah, yeah, totally aware that I'm shit at it. Don't <laughs> do anything to change it. I'm I'm hoping to work, hoping to work towards that goal at some. Oh point. my god, no, but it is. I think that's like a first step, right? Is totally. okay. I'm really shit at this. What are the, like? What's one thing I can do this week to? Yep climb out of my hole that's actually probably a really good way to look at it what's the one thing that will just Mm -hmm. take the pressure off Mm -hmm. I like to do that every week yeah on a Monday morning what is the one thing that if I just get this out of the way this week and it might be something from last week it might be something that's going to make life easier today's to be honest is calling back all those people at a conference three and a half weeks ago who I haven't called from sales leads um and it's the thing that if I just make those 35 phone calls yes everything else will be a breeze yeah pick the one thing it's awesome yeah it's so easy to get like overwhelmed with the 100 things on the to-do list that are also in your head yeah yeah I love that I do a um when I look at my to-do list because if I look at it all I get too overwhelmed so I write down the thing on a post-it note you can only fit one thing on a post-it note and it's like then I turn my to-do list over and I can I I, that's all I can allow to do is that thing (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm so not that um, consistent. I'd look at the post-it note and go, stick that one on the wall. Um, yeah. Look, I, I similarly, I like to do a three things with a big one at the top. That's the one. If I get it done for the week, it's done. Um, yeah. And I do, I have worked out that, you know, look, I am an excellent compartmentalizer. One of my strengths mm-hmm. is I can compartmentalize the world ending around me and I will still focus on what's got to happen. Um, but I'll only focus on the most pressing thing. So I've got yeah. something, if I get it out of the way, that ha- is due in four weeks. I'm going to focus on that in three weeks and six days. Yes. So, you know, that's that writing those things down and picking the one sometimes is really important. So I don't get to three weeks and six days. Yeah. Again, though, like knowing who you are and instead of berating yourself, just like working around it is always totally. a good idea. Yep. I love it. Well, I feel like we could talk all day, but we've got hit time. So. Damn. I know. Tell me about it. If only we had a bottle of wine, this podcast would run for hours. (laughs) But, okay, last piece of advice for women in business. So, um, you know, we we showed up at the beginning of this podcast and we said maybe today was a bit of a shitty day. So what piece of advice would you give to somebody who may be having a shitty day in business or a shitty year in business um, who's thinking, why the fuck did I get myself into this? Mm -hmm. Anything that's kind of held true for you when getting through tough times? 
find someone to talk to who experiences exactly the same tough times as you. Um, I've got a few of them, but I've got one in particular. And if I'm having a really crap moment or I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed, last week I rang my person and I said, I didn't want to get out of bed today. And I thought, I want to go to work. And then my husband said, you own the business. You sort of have to. Yeah. I went, but why? Yeah. Have yeah. that person you ring. And mm-hmm. she actually said the same thing. She went, me either. Let's just run away to the circus and then go shopping and then eat cake. I'm like, I yeah. She's the best. She is, she <laughs> is the best. But after a half an hour, we'd both got it out of our system and we were both able to share that mm. we were having similar issues. She gave me some ideas. I gave her some ideas. And I moved forward with my getting out of bed, putting pants on, all of that jazz. I love ah, it. And that's her name. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's so good. Find, find your people. Find your people. Yeah, find your people. And they're not your people who work for you. They're no. your people who are having a similar life experience to you. I'm mm. a 40-something-year-old woman with no children, um, with a business, my life experience is different to all of my high school friends. We have lots of other yeah. things to talk about, but, you know, in the space of, holy crap, how am I going to do this? I'm freaking out that my business is growing too fast or not fast enough and I don't want to get out of bed. And ah, there's a special type of person to talk to for that who understands yeah. or who's living my same experience. So. Totally. I love that. There's a great quote that's like, um, you know, never take advice from people who aren't, in the trenches with you or are yep. trying to achieve the same goal as you. And that's so good for, you're right. Like there are so many people that won't understand what you have to get up and show up to do every day. So finding those people is so yep. critical. Sure is. I love it, Lacey. You are incredible. Thank you so much Thank for you. sharing your time and your wisdom on the Spark podcast. I know everyone darling would have loved that and have a few. Thanks for having me. Away. Anytime, anytime. Next time, can there be wine? Yes. Excellent. I approve. (laughs) Thanks, Danny. That wraps another episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. I hope there was something in there that you needed today to help you on your business journey. We would absolutely love it if you subscribed and leave a review. This helps the Spark podcast find its way to other amazing women in business. If you want to hang out with us even more, join Spark 365 and you'll have me show up in your inbox every damn day with a business growth tip. Check it out at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. And if no one tells you today, you've got this.